and welcome to this Expert Insights CD. I'm Donna Hansen from Prime Solutions Training and Consulting. Our Expert Insights CD series is designed to give professionals access to the latest trends, ideas, philosophies and approaches that impact on productivity, performance and achievement both in business and personally. We know that these days it's often hard to find the time to step outside your world and explore what's happening in other organisations. Prime's Expert Insights CDs are designed to provide you with concise information on topics relevant to you on a regular basis in a format that maximises your time and keeps you up to date with current trends. In this Expert Insights CD, we speak with Damien Blumencrank. Damien is one of the founders of Creativa, a Melbourne-based company that specialises in using video to create compelling content that can aid in increasing individual and organisation productivity and save some significant amounts of money in the process. Welcome, Damien. Thank you. Hi, Donna. <laughs> well, Damien, um, firstly, I know our listeners may already be able to detect a, a wonderfully slight accent. Can you share with us where you're originally from and how you came to be an Australian, and more importantly, how you founded Creativa? <laughs> um, sure. My accent is originally from Argentina. But don't think that it's um, something that I couldn't fix. It's just the fact that if I don't have this accent, how else am I going to start conversations? <laughs> um, Creativa. We started Creativa back in 2009 mm -hmm. with the um, objective of, of uh, starting producing innovative videos and developing new technologies in terms of how to deliver them and how to... Basically, how to create more compelling communications. Uh, we noticed that everything was very stale in the industry, so we came in to disrupt it. Mm, I like that. There's lots of disruptors in all sorts of industries, so uh, so that's really interesting. So how did you actually come to be in Australia, Damien? Um, well, after some research in terms of finding a better place where I would like to live and, and grow a family and raise a family, uh, I had to pick between a few options. Uh, between Canada, Spain, America, and Australia. Oh, and such thought, troubles to have. I know. I thought it was um, was worth a try. came in and loved it. Terrific. And you're in partnership in Creativa with Miguel. Um, how did you come to meet Miguel, or how did Miguel come to be here, or how did that, um, that business relationship uh, originate? Well, Miguel has a very similar story in terms of how he came to Australia, Mm -hmm. But the the way that we actually met was quite funny. Um, we were both looking at um, starting or bringing a brand of a specific ice cream um, chain from Argentina. Mm. So we were both doing and researching at the same time, and someone who knew us both said, you should probably speak before you get started. And that's how we met. Oh, wow. And uh, did you both have a, a background or an interest in this sort of thing, or did that build over time? Uh, well, we've been partners in multiple businesses up since then. Not an ice cream chain. <laughs> that one. Unfortunately, because I love ice cream. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, we all started working together in multiple businesses, which we grew and uh, sold in time. Mm -hmm. And six years ago, his background is, is mostly in video production and TV and anything that is communication. So uh, a few years ago, we decided to take advantage of that and started Creativa. Excellent. 
so that's given us a bit of a, a framework around your your background and uh, your partner's background. Um, let's let's get started into the nitty gritty. Why should our listeners consider video? And and our listeners are a mix of there could be people in management positions, uh, HR, learning and development, but we've also got people on board who might be in finance or people that are just working in their own businesses that may be looking to uh, to consider video as a potential productivity tool so why why is video a good option for this well if you're listening to this cd you probably notice that um, it's a great way to um, actually get this content without having to have one-on-one coffees or conversations mm-hmm. so everyone listening to this cd or in you in this case you will be saving a lot of coffee time mm-hmm. if you have to do exactly the same thing and if i have to be there for every conversation you have with the listeners mm-hmm. the same way that um, this cd uh, Helps spread the word and in a very cost-effective and and effective as well way. Mm-hmm. Um, videos do the same, but mm-hmm. they add the value of having the visual component, which is uh, as powerful, if not more, than uh, audio component. Mm. I know from uh, from a learning and development perspective that. Seeing something makes such a difference. Uh, you know, one of the common things they say is. A picture tells a thousand words. So, what does that mean that video does? Does that mean a million and one words? Actually, the calculation is about six million. Really? Yeah. Is that around a picture, or is that around video, or? Well, it's about the ability of describing the images. Mm. So, if you actually have to describe an image in words, mm-hmm. will take about six million <laughs> words to do that. I'm not planning on sitting down and counting the amount of words to see if that's accurate. I'll take your take your word for it. So, so that's interesting. I've got a a real philosophy, and for those that that know me, my my listeners will know that I'm all about saving time. I'm all about the fact we can't remember things, and all about assumptions. So I'm I'm guessing uh, the idea of video as a productivity tool, and and some people listening will also know that I I do my own Camtasia clips, um, and that seems commonplace. But uh, how can video save individuals and organisations time? Let's let's look at that element first. Well, a lot, of, m- many organisations, if not all, have challenges as, as everyone with um, training, induction, uh, compliance, mm-hmm. um, and and keeping standards as well, making sure that the consistency is all across the business, mm-hmm. especially when bringing new people in or when having people working remotely or having people working at different locations. And um, as uh, Edward Deming proved. Many times in the video. Are you familiar with Edward Deming? Yes, I am, and I actually know you had a video uh, on your website for a while around uh, around him and his methodology. So, uh, you know that that certainly would be something that'd be worth uh, mentioning to our listeners. Well, Deming is the father of total quality management. So, Toyota, Nissan, all the all the Japanese uh, car manufacturers basically um, developed their their systems and everything based on their premises, on Deming's premises. Mm-hmm. And they beat all their American rivals. Well, everyone knows that story from, from the early days in the automotive industry. But um, he proved o- over and over that worker training worker, which means uh, another worker training a new worker or a colleague, mm-hmm. doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Simply because it keeps pushing the, the target further and further from the optimum uh, position. Mm-hmm. So, 
that brings us to tra a trainer training a worker. So if you have the expert training the worker, you get a little bit more consistency. Yes. Provided that they always train exactly the same thing without any, any, any difference in training. Mm -hmm. um, and it's great, but sometimes it's not feasible um, to have them to have one person training absolutely everyone in an organization. Mm -hmm. Time, cost, distance, location, anything. And that's where video comes in place. When you create a video, you know that everyone will watch exactly the same video. You know they can watch it when they are ready to watch and not when you are trying to, when is the time of the appointment of the day. Mm -hmm. and everyone gets to see exactly the same and follow it and stop it and pause it and do whatever they need to do to get it right. So it creates a lot of consistency in training and it's very, very cost-effective. It's, it's interesting what you say there because I remember when I first started out in corporate life, Back in the, the old days, Damien, uh, and I know a lot of our listeners will, will remember these, uh, you know, you'd have procedure manuals or if your organisation had quality assurance or quality standards, ISO numbers, etc., there was a requirement for you to have manuals and, and these represented the, the consistent processes that you needed relating to quality assurance and, and that um, certification. So I guess what this is is perhaps a... Um, and what you're talking about here in some instances could well be taking some of that procedures that traditionally have been um, uh, the written word and converting it into something uh, that is more consistent with how we consume information in the, the current, uh, the new millennium, I guess. Yeah, it's faster, it's more engaging and uh, it delivers the message a lot better. And I think it's uh, it's far more uh, what you like you said it's far easier to disseminate, isn't it? That's right, uh, especially nowadays with all the different uh, screens that we have available to us at any time of the day. Yes, absolutely, multiple devices. Whereas in the past we we're all uh, chained to our desktops. Now we have our mobile devices and tablets, etc. And I, I guess going off on a slight tangent there, they're the other sorts of things we need to think about, aren't they? The fact that no longer, if, even if you're doing videos, you, you can't just think about uh, videos from the perspective of somebody watching something on a CD or somebody watching something on a TV or a computer screen. You need to think about all those other ways that people might be consuming this information. Yes, which also, which also means that you have to consider time, length of the videos, mm. size of what you put on the screen, because if you're watching on a mobile phone, uh, something that is small on the screen but it looks alright on a big TV or a big screen or even on a monitor may not even be seen in, in, a, in a small device. Yes. So those are the considerations that we have to have uh, nowadays when creating a video and understanding how it's going to be consumed. So I guess it's a little bit more than you just pick up your mobile phone and start shooting, am I right? Well, it depends on the situation. Sometimes picking up the mobile phone and shooting is the best way to do it. Mm -hmm. It's quick, it's free almost. Um, it can be shared very easily. It's a really, really effective way of recording some training videos. For others where you need to think through the message more, um, shorten the times, the length of the videos, make a more compelling piece of communication and it's going to be used and reused over and over and you want it to be perfect, mm -hmm. then more planning and more um, polished execution will be the way to go. So I'm guessing as, as we explore that a little further, you know, there'll be some uh, 
processes in organisations that we need to do because you know they relate to compliance. So maybe things like occupational health and safety training, etc. So um, you know, should should organisations just shoot a video and and off they go, or you know, what's the importance of interaction from your experience in in those types of videos that are perhaps tended to be a bit dry and boring? Well, I guess it's the difference between being compliant and really caring. I mean, you can be compliant by having any kind of video explaining what they should be doing for OHS. Yes. Doesn't mean they're going to listen and remember it, mm-hmm. which at the end of the day doesn't get the results that you want if you really care about it. Mm. So communicating it properly and making sure that the message gets home it's it's probably more important in many cases than just being compliant. So if I if an organisation wanted to create a video and they they wanted to have um, question and answers at the end and things like that, I'm, I'm where it's more interactive. It's almost like um, a video that might be some sort of e-learning. Is that is that something that can help increase productivity? Absolutely. In matter of fact, um, having there's a lot of um, platforms that allow you to do that, uh, generally called LMS. Mm-hmm. Learning management systems. Yes, uh, where you can incorporate videos and ask questions and get uh, evaluations or just simple answers or just add a little bit more value on the side. Mm-hmm. Um, however, it's been proven that uh, sometimes you learn more when you are out like self-correcting your, your answers than when you're actually answering the actual questions. Mm. So you learn more when you are checking if you got it right than when you're actually answering the questions. So making a model where people actually watch a video, then answer the questions, then get the answers and check if they were right can provide higher value than a test in Mm. terms of retention. So I'm guessing the other added value that this type of um, process would deliver is the fact that uh, for a small business, you know, even though you might not have employees or you might just be managing yourself, this is a great way of creating a repository because if your business grows, um, it's, it's creating that consistency. Would that be a correct assumption? Yes, that's actually right. As a matter of fact, one of the biggest challenges small businesses or solopreneurs have is when they start growing, they get extremely busy. And mm-hmm. by the time that they decide that uh, that they need some help, they have very little time to train because they need to keep delivering mm-hmm. at the same time that hiring a new person and creating a new position and making everything happen. So having a repository of repetitive activities, uh, how to do repetitive activities can be really helpful in those kinds of situations. And um, at the time when I grew this business, I wasn't that aware of this and uh, I didn't do it. And uh, now we obviously we do it, but um, it would have been great. So how can people get started? What, what's what's the best place to start? If, if regardless of whether I'm in my own business, uh, whether I have staff, or whether I'm in a larger organisation that I guess might be constrained, some larger organisations might be constrained to a degree by by what they are able to do or produce, etc. Well, my my recommendation is always to start with the first ten percent. So, where is the start of the process? And what is this, well, basically what is the ten percent starting of the process, mm-hmm. and what can we produce to help people start that ten percent 
So by, by 10%, do you mean where a lot of the time gets wasted doing stuff that's repetitive in much the same way as, well, like for me, uh, in Excel, you might use a macro to do something that is repetitive, looking at your business and going, well, where are the common things that we do that take up big chunks of time where something from a video perspective could easily mean that we, we now get that time back? Um, yes, that, that's usually where you get the most value in a way, but I, I think that for me is the second step. The first step is to start um, training and communicating on how to get the process started the right way. So the first 10% of the process, whatever process you're doing, if you're selling, mm -hmm. if you're delivering, what is the, the first 10% of that process, how it gets started? Because if you start the right way, if everyone that starts the process starts the right way, it allows you to then follow it up and build those tools that you're mentioning. But if everyone starts the process at a different point in a different way with different outcomes, mm -hmm. then it's impossible to, to systematize anything afterwards. Okay, so give me some context because I'm not quite clear on that first 10% of the process. So let's say we were talking about um, facilitation or delivery of something. Let's say, um, I'll, I'll make a more concrete example so to make it easy. Great. Let's say you have a company and you have obviously your sales process. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you, you go and generate leads or find people that may be interested and you have a meeting and then you make a proposal and finally you close the sale. Mm -hmm. And it's time to deliver. Let's say it is um, training or facilitation, yeah? Mm -hmm. so just to follow your example. Now, the moment the person said that your, your new client said yes, is when you have to do certain activities, right? You need to make an invoice, you yeah. need to set up a plan, a project, communicate to your team mm -hmm. on what's going to happen. They have to have the information they need to be able to deliver properly. Yes. And you need to get the payments. There's a lot of things that have to happen, right? Yes. That is the first 10% of the delivery process. Okay. Everything happening there will set that process to, that, that delivery to failure or to success. Mm-hmm. So if you get to train people very well on how to start the process first, that first 10%, get it right and consistent every time, mm -hmm. then you can move on to doing the rest. So is that like the planning element? Uh, it depends on the process. And in this case, it will be the, yeah, the setup and planning. In other cases, it can be something different. It's always the first 10% of a specific process. Okay. and that's how you get started. Okay. And that 10% will vary depending upon what, it, what outcome you're looking to produce. Uh, yes, exactly. It will vary depending on the type of process you're, you're trying to, to to train on. Okay, so I, I guess that tells us there's uh, an importance around planning. Um, so once you've done that first 10%, what's the next step? The next step is to do exactly what you described before. Ah. Find out where the most the, the more repetitive critical activities are and how they can be systematized and then how you can train people and do them right. Once you identify the 10%, then the next step is basically to understand what needs to be trained, what are the messages that need to be delivered mm -hmm. for everyone to get them right and consistent. Like it seems like a complex process. Why would it be beneficial to utilize a production company rather than try to do it yourself? Well, for starters, it's always it's always a great help to have someone from the outside having a look at what you need to communicate because mm -hmm. most people will be so much involved into their everyday and how things are uh, from the inside that is very easy for everyone, including myself, to miss 
to 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 overcomplicate the message. Yes. Very very simple. Mm. So getting someone from the outside that understands how to communicate and un- can understand that has knowledge enough to understand your process and what you're trying to achieve. So business smarts and marketing smarts and communication smarts to put that to to build that message as consistent and compelling as possible. What you mean there is by cutting through the information and getting to the core. Getting to the core of the information and getting to the best possible way to communicate it. Ah, okay, that's a good point. Because, I mean, it's very easy to jump on board the video bandwagon, but like you said, it might not be the right mechanism. Yeah, it may be not. Sometimes video is not the way, but in many cases video is the way. It's just which kind of videos. You've got to remember a video can be a film, can be a screen capture, can be an animation, can be a 3D animation, can be really a scribe, can be anything. What do you mean by, a, was it scribe that you said? Uh, a scribe is, a, is a, one of the styles of animations where you are like a whiteboard. Mm-hmm. You are writing on a whiteboard with a, with a marker. Mm-hmm. So it's, you, you tell the story by building it up. And it's very engaging. So a, as a training company, I know that we uh, often talk with clients and we have a big broad range of things that, that people go, well, our, our staff need to know these things. Um, but I guess having an external production company enables you to come in and say, well, hey, look, let's let's talk like we're, uh, we're explaining something to the man off the street. Or what is the base level from which we're building this video? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, the production company will help you with that, with finding out the best way to communicate to that target audience, and it changes in every in every single scenario. Uh, it will also help you save a lot of time, mm. because producing videos, no matter what you do, is time-consuming. Yes. Especially if you need to learn things, or find tools, or focus on the message, and the delivery, and the content, and the talents, and everything else in between. Mm. So, if it's some because it's usually something that you know, um, you're gonna create a library of assets and you're gonna do it for a while, but it's not core part of your business. Mm-hmm. There is not that much value on developing the capabilities. Yes, that's a that's a very excellent point because if, unless your your business is video production, but if you're uh, you're a um, uh, electricity provider, or you're a um, uh, you're a product manufacturer. They're not, you know, producing videos isn't your core area of expertise. So, and I guess having a production company means that you can you can sit down and plan a range of different videos that are built for purpose, and then shoot them all in in one sort of go, and then leave them and have somebody else, um, you know, edit them and 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 produce the the end product. Mm-hmm. And it's also very unlikely that all the videos you're going to do are going to be the same. So if you learn how to record a video, and then you have to learn how to animate, and then you have to end how, learn how to do a scribe, and finally you have to learn how to do a screen capture, at the end you have to learn so many skills that even in an organization like ours, we don't have a person that knows all that. We have multiple experts. Yes. Yeah, and I mean, uh, e- even if you were doing that, uh, you end up not being very good at anything, do you? Or having to sacrifice on the best potential uh, style and, um, and, and and video delivery because you have to be limited to what you can do. Mm. 
And I suppose too, as far as videos increasing our own and our organization's productivity, in a lot of organizations, and I I know even if you work for yourself, um, this was something I experienced in a corporate environment. There's lots of silo mentalities. People are keeping their expertise to themselves, whether it be consciously or unconsciously. And I guess shifting towards taking some of that capability out of people's heads and putting it into videos enables you to uh, create, I guess, um, uh, you know, um, intellectual capital. Is is that the word for it, even though it's process? Uh, it is. It is some kind of IP. It's the IP of your business. I mean, and you don't lose it if someone leaves. Mm. So you're suddenly recording that IP, and it works as a baseline as well. I mean, imagine you, you develop a process now, you develop a video to train, and 10 years later, you find a way to, you, 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 you've been improving that process, mm-hmm. but you find a way to improve the process. You, can, you have a baseline where you started, you can compare and then create a new one with a new, with a new process in, in, in mind. So you never lose, you, you never go backwards, basically. I guess too with videos, and and I'll use an induction video for example uh, as something that um, is often an overwhelm. When you start in an organisation, you're bombarded with all this information about what you you do and what you don't do, and this is your username and password, and here's your desk, and here's how you get into this building, and here's the passcode for this and that. It can be quite overwhelming, and I think, you know, what I've seen and what I've experienced, and, and I'm guessing you're probably the same, uh, video is a great way of taking some of those things and uh, containerizing them into smaller bite-sized pieces which you can feed people over a period of time and, and hence their retention's more likely to increase. But also, uh, additionally, they can go back and revisit, uh, such as the instance of an induction video, rather than people feeling pressured or stressed to remember everything, um, they know that they've got a resource that they can go back to without them going back to an individual and asking the same questions over and over again and feeling silly. Uh, yeah, that's right. We actually call them message bites. So your name was put on. Mm. Uh, and they also allow you to control the flow of information mm. because you don't have to provide all the links to all the videos straight away. You can spread them out so you don't make the, the incomer overwhelmed, feel overwhelmed. Mm. by the amount of information received. So I'm guessing those sort of things could be combined with other technologies like autoresponders or emails that can regulate the distribution of those things uh, for people. You know, So you could end up having an induction program that isn't all jammed into the first week of somebody starting but could form part of their whole probationary period, I guess. Yeah, exactly. And they can action according to their, they can respond to their actions. Mm -hmm. And they could be varied according to, you know, what the requirements are, you know, if there was something compliance related, because maybe they worked in an aged care facility, uh, you know, they could go through and part of their induction might be to show that they understand the internal um, occupational health and safety requirements about patient lifting, for example. Mm Mm-hmm. So so there might be some interactivity in the video, which, again, I think if we circle back to what you said before, you know, there's so many different variations, but a lot of people, when we think of using a video, we just think of watching something and not necessarily 
doing anything at the end to to measure something or um, trying to encourage somebody at the end to to take action and and do something. So I guess all those sorts of things can be incorporated. The cat video on YouTube, for example, doesn't necessarily give you that next call to action, does it? Uh, No, nowadays there are plenty of technologies that allow you to create, uh, as you said, uh, training modules in an LMS or even incorporate interactivity inside the video. So buttons and interactive spots in a video that will change the outcome of the actual video. Mm. So this is, and I guess the cost of this sort of thing has come down significantly as we've seen technology improve. So you don't have to be a multinational organization to be able to afford to uh, produce videos these days, do you? No, as you said before, you can start with your own iPhone and do it for free. Mm-hmm. Or you can engage with the with the production company and the costs are significantly lower than they used to be and affordable. But um, it does take some time to produce. Mm-hmm. Well, like anything it, uh, good. <laughs> exactly. But the outcome is um, it is considerably different i mean you can you can change from something that doesn't do anything for anyone to something that really saves a lot of time and produces a lot of uh, a huge increase in productivity so it all depends on uh, obviously where where you're at and who you're trying to train and what's the importance of the process Mm. Okay, so I know our our time is fast sort of running out. We've talked about how people could shoot some uh, video on their smartphones. Um, What are one or two quick tips around how they could start, our listeners could start creating a video library, regardless of whether they're in a small or large organisation? Well, if you're going to do it yourself uh, and you don't want to do it, you want to do it with a very low budget, you can start with uh, opening an account in something like uh, Vimeo, yep. which is a kind of a private YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very, very cheap would, to join. Why would you use that instead of YouTube? Well, for the simple reason that you mentioned before, some of this can be uh, your intellectual property and you don't want to share it with the world. Mm-hmm. So Vimeo allows you to keep them private for you. Okay. Yep. Um, if you don't care about that, then absolutely put it on YouTube. Doesn't matter. But any, in any in any case, having a platform where you can upload things and tags, put tags and names, so you can search and group, mm-hmm. uh, so you can start creating that library and you can start embedding them wherever you want: a website, a blog post, an email, you 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 name it. So those platforms allow you to to a really easy delivery in mm-hmm. any platform, any any device. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a good place to store them, and they have no space issues, no bandwidth issues, so they solve all your technology problems, really. So that was Vimeo, V-I-M-E-O dot com, yeah? Yeah, that's right. Okay, terrific. So um, I know our listeners, Damien, will really have benefited from our discussion, even if they aren't ready for a production studio. It's been a great opportunity to open their minds to the potential that video can offer a business, regardless of size, to gain more time, to create some consistency, uh, and to look at some of those things that perhaps in the the past um, we've just assumed we have to keep providing people with, uh, you know, in a face-to-face sort of format or get our information out there. So lots of good uh, insights to explore how we can uh, use video to increase our our productivity. Um, 
knowing that Cre- Creativa is a production company, if some of our listeners want to get in contact with you to perhaps explore some of those resources, ha- how's the best way for them to do it? Uh, well, you can jump into our website, which is uh, creativa.com.au. It's C-R-A-T-I-V-A.com.au. Or just send us an email at hello at creativa.com.au. That's quite unique, isn't it? fantastic all right Damien thank you so very much for your time today and for your insights on how we can use videos to increase our own and our organizations and our organizations productivity getting tongue-tied towards the end of the uh, recording thank you for joining us on this month's expert insights CD for more information on prime solutions training and consulting and our services visit our website the three W's prime solutions with an s at the end dot net dot au Until next time, this is Donna Hanson helping you work smarter and not harder with technology. Bye for now.